This is 10 Questions to Cyber Resilience, brought to you by Assurance IT. Released twice per month, every episode brings you one step closer to cyber resilience by hearing how IT leaders are practicing cybersecurity. Resources mentioned in the episode can be found in the show notes. If you're ready to take your cyber resilience to the next level, be sure to subscribe so you can catch every episode. Today we're going to be talking about 13 controls based on the Cybersecurity Canada framework. Before we jump into it and, and talk about it, it's important that we introduce ourselves. I'm Luigi Tiano, co-founder here at Assurance IT. And a little bit about Assurance IT, we're based in Montreal. We service clients across Canada and we help businesses stay protected, become cyber resilient, mitigate risk, protect them from attacks and help them recover in the event of a disaster. Ernesto Pellegrino, based out of Montreal, also co-founder here with Luigi. My role, work focus on the technology aspect of it, help organizations leverage the technology really to meet those, you know, attach them and meet those business objectives and become cyber resilient in doing so. So again, my main focus or my, my focus is primarily working with the technology people within the organization to, to really bridge that gap. Awesome. Before we get into Cybersecure Canada, a little bit about the Assurance IT model. We developed a model here to help our clients remain safe. We call it the PPR methodology, prepare, protect, and recover. Essentially what it helps companies do is identify any gaps in their cybersecurity strategy, reduce the chance of human error, reduce the risk associated with running a lot of infrastructure and complex infrastructure. Once we identify those gaps and we're able to prepare the organization, then we can protect. You can only protect what you know you have, right? right. And then, and then basically once we know what we're protecting and we're protecting it from all sides, you want to be able to recover, right? So there's that, that's what we call the PPR methodology, but a lot of people ask us where the PPR methodology came from, right? And, and this is where I think Ernie's going to provide a lot of value is we, we had to base ourselves on something that was robust, was tried and proven, and, and something that we could hang our hat on when we talked to customers about. It wasn't just something that we came up with out of, out of air, out of thin air. It was something that we were able to base ourselves on. And obviously we came across Cybersecure Canada that has an amazing set of, of, of controls and a framework that of course is, is stamped by the, the Canadian government, you know, a pretty su substantial body who's done extensive research on how to protect the enterprise. So yeah. today I'm going to, you know, I've, I've, that's why we're here. Ernie, I'm going to probably pass the ball off to you to talk a little bit more about Cybersecure Canada, what it is, how it fits into our methodology and how it's helping clients. I'll, I'll kind of act more as the, as the interviewer because you can probably talk a little bit more in depth about it. Well, you did a great uh, job there, Luigi, just defining how we streamlined, you know, how we created a methodology around protecting, right? And Canadian Center of Cybersecurity and, and other governments across the world are putting together these frameworks. It's the government's response to cybersecurity. They put together these security controls, advice, guidance, security controls on how organizations can get the most out of their cybersecurity investments, really. And you'll hear us refer to the 13 cybersecurity points. You'll hear us refer to, to baseline cybersecurity controls. We encourage organizations to implement as many of these cybersecurity controls as possible. We understand that not every organization can implement all of them, but really it's a matter of going through and, and understanding which ones matter to you and, and definitely will help you protect against those ransomware and cyber attacks that we're hearing so much in the media as of late. Right, right, right. And, and it's well documented online. It's accessible to anyone, frankly. I and mean, that's kind of how we, we came across it. And 
it's mind-boggling and maybe a little bit brutally honest here how a lot of organizations haven't really got their their head around it. I just shared my screen. You, do you see it, Ernie? Because I, I what I want to I do, do is put, I do. Yeah. And the number one, develop an incident response plan. And when we see organizations that don't have an incident response plan, whether it be a cyber attack, human attack, disaster, right, physical disaster, you need to have an incident response plan, and it's number one. So. You're going to be running with a chicken without a head if you don't. You know what do I do? What systems are critical? So you need to answer all those questions prior. And I guess we'll drive into them a little deeper as we go. But mm -hmm. it just hit me. I see incident response plan, and we talk to customers on a, on, a, on a daily basis, and and it's 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 scary to know that most of them don't have a robust or or any incident response plan in place. And and we think it's definitely number one in the top 13 in order to really be cyber resilient is developing an incident response plan. Well, well it actually helps you take inventory of what you have, right? I mean, you could only have build a, a response plan once you know what you have. And I think that's that's a major, major issue with a lot of, uh, of organizations. They, they sometimes forget what they own. They have a lot of infrastructure. Some is old, some is outdated. It may have been installed or deployed at some point uh, and kind of forgotten. And then there's security gaps that get created, there's security you know, holes that get created because of that, that infrastructure that's not being patched, right? So inventory is is key and I, I think it you know knowing what you own then you can you can react on it and i think that's that's one of the issues where we see the response response falls fall short right so exactly that so you need to inventory your environment understand what you have what's critical what's not critical label them right and put them in different facets where you understand which ones have an sla of one hour what can my organization live with for 24 hours without a system being up or an application being up right so that's putting a dr plan in place and, and then we we talk about incident response that's the aftermath if we get hit with a ransomware attack or a or, or a physical disaster who do we call what do we right. do what do we right? do uh, yeah, exactly. right? in, in terms of in terms of you know, even your brand recognition, you know, what is, do we have a lawyer to work with us in order to, you know, make those announcements public, right? So what do we tell the public happened? It's important. So a quick plan to really el eliminate the <laughs> the mess that would yeah. occur, it, it, it's critical. Yeah. yeah, communication. I mean, because we, we, we're going through this ourselves. We want to make sure we kind of update our plan on a regular basis, but communication to to your internal staff, to your, your customers, to your, exactly. your clients. And if you obviously have a public company and so on, you want to make you want to make that, that communication really streamlined to make sure you're you know you're saying the right stuff and, and advising the right people of, of what happened. I, I don't want to spend too much time on just necessarily the instant response plan, but but to your to a point you made earlier and I maybe we can touch upon it, a customer mm -hmm. of ours or you know a customer that we've been working with, you know, asked us for a vulnerability assessment a few weeks ago. And and the response that we we looked at each other and we we said, well, there's a good chance that they're they're already vulnerable, right? They're vulnerable. So so maybe touch a bit about that, right? I mean, every organization is vulnerable. Why an assessment? Is it actually needed? So we use this framework or this model or these security controls to say, okay, I'm aware they're there. I can take a stab at them before I go into a full blown assessment. You you know, if you don't patch your operating systems, you don't patch your hypervisors. Well, I'll let you do a, a vulnerability assessment against my environment, I know I'm vulnerable. So again, it's touching upon these 13 security control points, really to look at what do I have in place? That's the first step. That's where I would start. I would reference these security points and say, okay, what out of 13, how many do I have in place today, right? What's my maturity level within these control points? Where am I at? Yeah, backup plan. We look at one of them, backup and encrypt data. Yeah, I have a backup system. Is that enough? We drive a little deeper within it. 
try to extract some, some valuable data? Do I do testing? Do I have a DR plan? Have I identified which applications are critical to my business? And what is the SLA against those, those applications? You know, those are the questions you need to ask yourself before you spend the money really to do investment. So, and at the same time, there are different reasons. You can look at these controls, you can answer these controls, but the awareness within the, the C-level is not there, right? So maybe some organizations are looking at assessments in order to create that awareness and say, hey, C-level here, hey, management, this is what we assessed and we need to do something about it and you need budget and budget is key. That's a very good point. If you look at it that way, so I would say that 99% of the, the organizations we deal with, small, medium, large, they're vulnerable. In some way, shape, or form, they're vulnerable. But I think what you just said is important. The actual availability of funds and the not only availability of funds, but the willingness to actually invest in these areas. We, we've we've tra- traditionally seen IT as being a cost center. In the last 20 years, we keep saying IT is a cost center. And, and we, we hear some organizations saying that IT is the enabler to the business. I, you know, yeah. I think we should hear more of that, but we, we don't often hear that IT is an investment for the next step or the digital transformation in, in, the, in the organization. And I think that vulnerability assessment sometimes is used as leverage to go and find the funding. Um, but but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, again, brutally honest. I, I think a lot of IT executives are still ignoring the fact that they're vulnerable and they only react after the fact and they, they're kind of flying blind and, and they're, they're doing the basics to cybersecurity and not really building a cyber resilient organization. They're, they're, like you said, they're putting in a few different controls. They got their backup, you know, they're securing the perimeter at some level. They got some firewalls. They've got whatever basic security that, that is allowing them to, to kind of run, but they're not going that extra step. And let's be honest. I mean, the, the cyber criminals, they're, they're getting a lot smarter, a lot, you know, quicker, faster, better. Yeah. The tool sets are, are more advanced. Absolutely. And, and they get in right. And to add to that point, Luigi, over the last couple of years, we've seen, we've seen change, massive change, you know, COVID organizations working from home in the past, or, you know, employees will go to work and the ones that work from home, that 10% of the employees would VPN in and, you know, you connect in and you have access, you're in the network and you have access to everything in the perimeter. Right. Right. Today, with the advent of work from home, where 80% of the employees are working from home and not going into the office, they're connecting in, we can have the same approach. And they know that there's going to be more vulnerability by putting firewall rule, allowing this person in or one IP in. Those things are, are it's over. The dream's over. You have to be more continuous. The advent of zero trust, not trusting anybody within your organization has to be put in place because the cyber criminals, they get in. They stay in and they scan and they understand and they eliminate your backups and they and they understand how you, you know, your security controls and they attack. So, you know, organizations need to understand that this is critical and overnight you can lose everything you work for. So it's key and at an executive level, the awareness needs to be raised. You need to put security up front in center and, and, and allocate those budgets in order to, to really implement the baselines. And again, I talk to organization, I say, where do we start? There's 13, where do we start? We can successfully implement the 80-20 rule. You can achieve 80% of the benefit from 20% of the effort. How? Interesting. MFA, right? You, you need to have multi-factor authentication. You can't just have your users connecting in remotely and accessing their, their email on their phone, on their mobile device, it doesn't make sense. They need to 
a double authenticate. It's key. And any cyber insurance policy is going to ask for it, right? Data protection, data recovery, key, you know, MDR. The age of installing McAfee, or, or again, I don't mean to to hit on a on a. Don't point provider. anybody out, man. No, don't point, no, we got friends who work out. at these companies, man. Don't point anybody right, out. Right, right. The, the day of installing that antivirus and you know downloading updates and crossing your fingers where it does scans, it's over. You need to have managed detection response, and cyber insurance is going to ask for it. Without it, the underwriters will not will not will not register you. They they won't give you the the cyber insurance. So, so let's uh, let's not talk about cyber insurance because I, I really want to bring that up uh, later. But I'm glad you, you started t- talking about that because that's a huge topic. I don't think we have enough time to talk all about it today. But so the 80-20 rule, that, that's interesting. So you're saying implement a few of these controls and that's going to cover you for the most part? Well, it'll, yeah, it'll, for sure. It's, it's a good start, right? Achieve 80% of the benefits with 20% of the effort if you focus on those four that I, that I identified. And, and those are the four critical security controls that the cyber insurance companies are looking for, right? And that's where they see, that's where they see you being as the most vulnerable. MDR, MFA, data protection, and, and incident response. Those, those, are, those are key. And education. Again, I'm going to throw out a, a, an interesting fact, Luigi, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the talking here, but I'm going to throw no, out an interesting ahead. fact. 90% of cyber attacks come from the end user. It's or so, through, through an end user or through some error. Yeah, 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 phishing. Fishing, not yeah. not the trout fishing. No, not yeah, the trout yeah, fishing. Yeah, fishing, yeah. The pH. The pH fishing. That's right. The pH fishing. They click on the email. They get in. You don't know they're in. And again, they start digging. They start doing more and more yeah, digging. They're, they're, in, they're in your network for weeks. They're right? in your they're perimeter. In your, yeah, they're, yeah, in, your they're perimeter. in your network for weeks. And that's that's the, that's one thing that a lot of well, we're starting to hear it when we talk about backups with our clients, right? The, they want longer retention periods. They want longer archive periods because now they're starting to see even their, their tertiary backups being vulnerable because they're not backing right. up enough data. So, but, but let me ask you this, ask this me. framework, this framework that you're talking about, it's, it's, it's easy. It's logical, right? In my, in my opinion, if you look at through these, these, there's nothing in here that's really out of this world, you know, in terms of, in terms of the, the, the line items, right? They're, they're pretty standard, right? If you ask any IT professional, they, 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 don't, they don't need an interpretation to know what these things are. How many companies are actually using this framework? That's a good question. That's a good question. How many companies are, are actually using it? I'd say a lot of companies are using, are, are able to answer, you know, several of those security controls. How many organizations go in depth? That's the real question, right? And why? Lack of resources, and we're hearing that a lot lately. Organizations, especially SMEs, small mid-sized organizations, they're they're really having a hard time finding resources, retaining resources, and and the cost of resources has gone through the roof. So you need to leverage a managed service provider or outsource certain services in order to to stay at at the top of your game. Right, they don't have enough time, not enough time to focus on strategic projects, but they're going from, you know, they're focused on reactive versus proactive. That's the challenge. And and you need to overcome those challenges by partnering with some some key strategic partners that can guide you and help you along the way. So in short, not many are using this specific framework. They're just using bits and pieces of it. Well, exactly. Bits and pieces and, and, and talking to, you know, we do, you know, Luigi, like, you know, you and I speak to cyber insurance firms all the time. Right, cyber insurance. We work hand in hand with them, and the message from from them is that the cyber insurance underwriters are not renewing the policies. So it's an indicator that insurance companies are in the business of making money. So if they're not renewing them, it means that they're paying out 
more than they're receiving. Well, it means it means, it means the it's not worth holding the policy. It's I mean, not, not worth holding money. the policy. So if they're not holding the policy, it means the companies are not doing their their end of the bargain, which is putting these controls in place. Yeah, so so that that's an interesting point. So let's, maybe let's talk a little bit about cyber insurance right now. So we've we've been a little bit, I'd say, avant-garde when it comes to working with corporations, enterprises on the end user side. So when it comes to cyber insurance, the analogy I use often, and I think now we can deep dive a little bit into these conversations, is just because you have a skill set in IT, it doesn't mean that you deserve a cybersecurity policy. The analogy of driving a car, you can you can drive a car, right. know how to drive a car, you get an insurance policy, but if you go out there and you buy yourself a McLaren and, and you basically drive it at 300 kilometers an hour or 200 miles an hour, and you get yourself hurt or you know severely injured just because you don't know how to drive it properly, maybe you're not worthy of a policy. Right. And I think that's what we're seeing more and more from the company saying, well, show me that you deserve this policy and maybe we'll give you one. And if not, well, it's gonna cost you like, in some cases, two, three hundred percent of what they were paying last year. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that. That's what they're telling us. Yeah, the right. underwriters are going two, three hundred percent more than what they paid last year. Yeah. So, so what are the top ones? That, what are the top controls that the cyber insurance policies are recommending? Yeah. Is it back to your eighty twenty rule? Eighty twenty rule. Eighty twenty rule. Focus on MFA, data protection, and user awareness. And maybe I didn't mention that one before, but end user awareness training key. The end user needs to understand what an email looks like, a phishing email looks like. They need to understand what it is to open and not open an email, where to click and not click, which websites not to go to. They need yeah. to understand that. Key. And that's fundamental, right? Fundamental, but again, it's, it's simple. It's a people process technology. You onboard a new employee, they need to go to awareness training. It, it's key every year and it has to be multi-touch. You need to remind them on, on a regular basis. Ransomware is always evolving. They're trying to find better and faster ways to get in, more innovative ways, really correlating information upon people. Sometimes I get some from American Express saying that, you know, my statements coming up in the next 15 days, it's really targeting. It's really looks like the real thing. So they need to be aware. Okay. So again, MFA, data protection, employer awareness education. training, education. Yeah. And last but not least, next generation antivirus, right? Or MDR. Manage detection, MDR. Yeah, MDR, key. Right. Key. Yeah. And those are those are pretty simple things to do. I mean, a uh, funny story, and again, I'm not going to point anybody out, but a customer emailed me a couple of weeks, well, maybe a couple of months ago, and he says, my, my cyber insurance company is mandating me to do cyber security awareness training, right? What and did you do? So, well, what they didn't do basically is, so we basically flipped over a quote over for like some security awareness training, and it was literally a couple thousand dollars. You know what I mean? It, it was, and, and that's what it costs a lot of companies, especially, you know, if you're a hundred employees, 200 employees, you're not paying, you know, you're, you're sub, you're sub 10 K, right. And it's like 50 bucks a year per employee roughly. And he literally answered me back and says, well, can you just give me a link to a few YouTube videos that I can show my employees? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember this conversation. Yeah, and I'm saying, I'm saying, it's like, again, I mean, if you want someone to drive a car, would you send them to your uncle Bob to learn how to drive a car? Or would you send them to an actual school to learn how to drive the car properly? It's just sad to see that sometimes people don't take it serious, and that's a fundamental control that you can put in place, and it's it's gonna pay it pay itself off, you know, 10x in the event that some kind of ransomware yeah. tries to get in. So it's. It's just sad to see, and we, we, I just noticed we have a couple of comments that are coming yeah, in. Yeah, you know what? I was looking at the I was looking at the comment board. I, I'm going to go ahead and the last one's interesting, right? Even seasoned security professionals, and and like the example that I gave, right? 
they're getting better and better. Make errors on email click. You need not only to train your users, but also have the technology to deal with the inevitable false positives, right? It's the truth. Uh -huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so essentially, like, people process technology. I think we just need to, we just need to make sure that you've put that in place and you're continuously measure and check in on them the plan do check act i know we talk a little bit about that we're, we're doing our, our you know our due diligence internally for certain things but you have to make sure that people are aware and, and whether they're new employees older employees i think everyone could be victim anyone's you know vulnerable so it's, it becomes responsive and, and ultimately who's responsible look we've been it professionals for a long time and you could see it from my wrinkles there. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but but I, let's let's be let's be clear, right? You know, like there's so many things going on, right? Like if you're a traditional IT professional on the system administration side, you've got to deal with a whole bunch of different things. You're securing, you're patching, you're you're dealing with new deployments, you're you're tearing down, you're bringing stuff up. There's so much stuff going on in your day that you probably don't have the ability to prioritize security. Then you've got the security folks who are often, you know, trying to push security down into design of everything they do, right? Yeah. And then and then you've got the executives who just want you to do more with less. Deliver, deliver, deliver. Right? right? Do more with less. So so ultimately, I you know, I it, it makes me wonder like how do you how do you kind of segment that and how do you break into the fact that you need the buy-in and you need the, the stakeholders and you need the business to really set aside the budget. It's funny how we when we talk to compliance people in an organization all of a sudden, like budget frees itself up. We talk about compliance, yeah. privacy, data privacy, budget becomes a non-issue. But when we're talking about technology specifically, bits and bytes and speeds and feeds, it's like everyone kind of like says, well, we'll deal with what we have. We're good. You know, I don't have time to implement something new. Yeah. So, well, so it's, it's challenging. And I think the, the awareness that, you know, what we're seeing today in the media, right, we're seeing the cyber attacks happen, you know, the war with Ukraine and Russia and, and the advent of these cyber attacks are creating awareness. So I think, you know, when awareness comes, the ability to take it more seriously, an organization to understand that they can lose what they built, uh, you know, what they put in place, sweat equity, we call it, that sweat equity that they put in place to small and mid-sized organizations can lose that overnight and they have to understand that this is a serious threat. So. I'm going to leave you off with this. I think we encourage organization to implement as many of these baselines controls as possible. We know and we understand that not every organization can implement every control, but we suggest you just focus on MFA, data protection, MDR, incident response, awareness training as, as the 80-20 the rule that I mentioned earlier in the, in the call. Visit cyber.com gc.ca to reference those 13 security points for assurance site is there to help you through that journey where we help organizations bridge that gap and become more cyber resilient you did very good on the plug there i like the plug, the plug i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna plug. plug your blog because you put a very good blog out on our website which awesome. talks in depth about the 13 the 13 controls i think it's worth a read because you really went into each one and and anyone who's starting their journey even if they're yep. you know they think they're halfway yep. through their Great journey point. or starting their journey they can read through it and they can kind of get an, a quick idea of what what it takes to, to get to get started a lot of these points are logical folks they're not this, this is not this is not a rocket science in any way or stretch it's really something that that's palatable you know prioritize what you need to do speak to your executives about you know getting getting serious about your cyber resilience journey it's really worth the investment of time and and maybe a little bit of money of course because it takes money to, to pay for these solutions but yeah i mean this is I, I hope we made our point across i think with that we're gonna let you guys go awesome and Thanks, everyone, for, for... Have a good weekend. All, All right, right thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to 10 Questions to Cyber Resilience, brought to you by Assurance IT. Assurance IT is in the cybersecurity space, specializing in data protection and compliance. Since 2011, they primarily help mid-sized enterprises in Canada. If you have questions about protecting your data, reach out to us directly at info at assuranceit.ca or visit assuranceit.ca.